Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Hustle podcast. My name is Lydia Wilmsen and I'm a mindset and business coach for high achieving entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I share insights into how you can create a life of freedom, happiness and personal fulfillment while increasing financial success way beyond what you have achieved with hustle alone so far. Plus, every other week I interview inspiring and out-of-the-box thinking entrepreneurs. Have fun and enjoy! Welcome to today's podcast episode, which is the high achievers trap, breaking free from achievement-based self-worth. I came up with this podcast episode because when I dig deeper with my clients, which are all high achievers, by the way, we always at some point end up at the topic of self-worth and especially low self-worth. My clients are super successful an inspiration for so many. They have achieved so much, either in their career or in their businesses or both. And still, there is a part of them that feels not enough. There is a part of them that struggles with imposter syndrome, of this thing of, I'm going to be found out. They struggle with the feeling of, I'm not worthy. I am not good enough. Remember, they are high achievers. They have so many crazy achievements and accolades. And still, they have this feeling, I am not good enough. And it is at some point a part or it comes up at some point with all of my clients. And also when you go around, ask people and see what is going on, you like it can always be uncovered. Now the question is, why does this happen? These people have it all. Why do they struggle with low self-worth? And this is today's topic, like the outsourcing of worth into achievements and not being able to source your worth from yourself, from inside, so to say. So I want to first talk about the problem of attaching achievement to your self-worth or attaching worth and self-worth to achievement. That will be the first part. Then I want to give you reasons like why have high achievers attached worth to achievement? Like, why is this the case? What's the reason behind this? And of course, we will go back to childhood and I will give you three examples so that it's a bit clearer, like that you can understand what's going on here. And then the last point obviously will be what can you do? How can you change that? How can you get out of this trap? How can you start sourcing your worth from within? Okay, let's start with the first part. The problem of attaching achievement to worth or worth to your achievements. What high achievers do is they have all used work, their achievements, their success to feel adequate, worthy and enough. But the thing is, if you attach your own worth to something outside of you, You will always be dependent on your outer circumstances. You'll be dependent on your achievements, on success, on other people. So what if you have a bad year in business? What if you're like pivoting to a different business idea and it's not going so well in the beginning? What if you have attached it to next levels, like to work in general, to working a lot, and now you have some health issues, you can't work as much? Do you see the problem? If you have attached your worth to 
outer things, outside of yourself, you will always be dependent on these things. You cannot source it from the inside. So if something happens in your outer reality, your worth has to go down. Your feeling of adequacy has to go down. Or if you attach it to what other people think of you, like imposter syndrome, this idea of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be found out. Other people will realize that I'm not as smart as they thought I am. They will realize I'm not as confident as I seem to be. You are dependent on the opinion of other people. And this makes you highly vulnerable, not in a good way, but in a bad way. Because you will have to start looking for more and more of that. You have to look for this validation in your in the outside continuously. It's almost like a bucket without like with a hole inside. You can pour as much in there as you want. It will never be enough. It will always run out. And you are at the mercy of other people. What happens with that bucket? It's not your choice. You are at the mercy of other people. You are at the mercy of outer circumstances. And yeah, what high achievers do is if something happens, for example, if the validation goes down, if they feel, if they start struggling a bit more with worthiness issues, they do what they know the best. They keep working harder. They try to achieve more. They want to have more success, but without understanding that this is actually not giving them the true feeling of success or the true feeling of worthiness, of enoughness, of being good enough. So they run after these outer things and it's like a carrot on a stick. You run after the carrot, but <laughs> the person with the stick is moving further away from you all the time. So you can never reach it. It's a very sad game in the end. It's a very sad reality for people until they understand what's going on and they change it. Outsourcing your feelings of worthiness is like outsourcing your power. You are at the mercy of other people and you have no access to like innate feelings of worthiness. And you will just work harder, achieve more without ever getting there. And the thing is, it is short, like these fixes are short-lived and you need more and more of them. It's like an addiction. Like people need more and more of the substance they are addicted to. And the same here, you need more achievement, more success to feel the same level of worthiness that you felt in the beginning. So as you see, it's absolutely not sustainable this way. And I will give you ways of how to get out there. But first to the second point, I think that should have made it clear why it's really unsustainable and not healthy and also not satisfying to attach worth to outer circumstances. Like the last thing I said, it's not satisfying because you need more and more of that. And it's not a feeling, it's still, it still leaves you feeling empty. It gives you a short fix of perhaps happiness and satisfaction, but it's short lived. It's not sustainable and it leaves you even more empty afterwards. Let's go down memory lane for a moment. Why do high achievers often have this? Especially in high achievers, why can we find these worthiness issues in high achievers, as, for example, or very often. Why can we find them even more often than perhaps in other people? Because as I said, you think they have it all on the outside. They look like having it all, but they don't. So what is going on here? And I want to give you three examples. And as I said, we go down memory lane. We go into the childhood of these people or of you, if this is you as well. And I want to say that these will be generic examples. 
of course, we cannot go in depth in what is going on for you, for example. So these will just be examples and you can see what resonates with you. And then we obviously have to look what's going on for you specifically. I cannot give you six billion ways of how it shows up and why it happened. It is, of course, very subjective and very individual, like on an individual basis, what has happened. So have this in mind, please. Three examples. The first one is a child growing up with parents who have very high expectations. And by the way, this is not about blaming the parents. You parents, our parents, they did not know better. This is why they did it the way they did it. So it's not about blaming them. It is only about understanding what was going on and now finding ways how to deal with it and get over it, basically. Okay, so parents with high expectations and whatever the reason why they were like they were. So they had high expectations. They always expected the person, the child to bring back good grades, to behave exceptionally well, to achieve a lot. So this child was praised or you were praised if this is you were praised for good grades and achievements. And this child now internalizes I am worthy when I bring home good grades, for example. I am worthy when I achieve a lot. I am worthy when I am the best in school. I am worthy when I become a doctor or something. Or I am worthy when I am quiet at the dinner table and behave exceptionally well or something. These kids don't learn that they are worthy no matter what. They do not learn that they are worthy just because they exist. They learn that they are worthy because they achieve good grades. And you can directly see the influence into later life, people attaching worth to achievement because this is how they grew up, this is how they were raised. And you have to understand that children, they have not yet, like a child's brain is not developed fully yet, especially the analytical capacities are not developed yet. So a child cannot say, hmm, this does not make sense. My parents only ever praise me when I bring home good grades, but I think they love me for who I am. A kid cannot do that. Their brains are still in development. These capacities are not developed yet. So this child will take whatever happens as truth. So if this child only ever gets praised for bringing home good grades, this is the reality. This is truth for that person. And this becomes truth later on as well, because a child's brain is highly susceptible. It is basically everything until six or seven years of age, everything directly becomes imprinted in the subconscious. It's basically the brain waves the child is in. It's the ones where everything directly goes. It's like deep hypnosis, basically. And then from seven to 12, and I've mentioned this before, it's alpha brain waves. So it's still very, it's like a meditation state. So still, they are highly susceptible. So everything that happens until the age of 12 becomes imprinted in you. So back to the example, high expectations, praise only for good stuff, good grades, directly goes into the subconscious. I am worthy when I deliver good grades, for example. I am worthy when I deliver, but I'm not worthy as obviously the opposite, when I don't bring home good grades. Another example, if you grew up in a very, or people grow up in a very emotionally cold environment, for example, that the parents did not have access to their own emotion, 
or their own emotions. So basically the home is a place where it's not safe to process your emotions. You did not learn how to process your emotions. You did not learn how to deal with them. So one way, for example, was to suppress them. And now, of course, again, you have to outsource to outer circumstances, things, achievements, and attach your worth to that. If you don't grow up in a place, in an environment where there is warmth, where there is safety, emotional safety, a big part for your development is missing. And you cannot grow into a human being that has deep innate of self-worth, so to say. You have to outsource it because you had no way to learn that it's safe to be you, that you're good enough with your emotions, that you're good enough, that you're enough, that you're worthy with your emotions when you behave in a certain way, that you always are good enough, that you're good enough when you're angry and that you just learn how to deal with these emotions. Basically, you learned again that you're only good enough when you stay quiet and you just behave and you just suppress your emotions and then you're a good human, so to say. And in such cold environments, again, a child thinks everything is their fault. So whatever happens, it, they think it's their fault and they have to do better. They have to be better in order that everything gets better at home, for example. They think it's their mistakes, their fault. And that is why there is like <laughs> emotional coldness at home. Not that they see that it's that, but the feeling is there. Again, what we do as human beings we try to do things like achievements are the main way, like fixing things. When we try to fix things, this is the way of trying to make things better. And a child will go down this path as well, trying to fix things, trying to be better, trying to achieve more in order to basically fix their feeling of it's my mistake, it's my fault. And that goes nicely into the third example that I will give that I want to give, which is, for example, if parents fight a lot or, and this is so often the case with my clients, that one of the parents or even both had mental disorders or have mental disorders or suffer from addiction. Again, what happens here is that the child thinks it's my fault. Parents fight. They don't understand. It's their parents fighting. It's them. They think it's my problem. It's my fault. I'm not good enough. I am not worthy. Again, they have to find other ways of feeling worthy and they have to basically start achieving something in their outside reality to feel worthy, to soothe the feeling of not being worthy. Or with addiction. Again, I have it so often in my clients that they have this deep, innate feeling of unworthiness because they had a parent who suffered from addiction, was an alcoholic or other drugs. And They thought it was their fault. Whenever they could not make their parent happy, their mother, for example, it was a feeling of, I have done something wrong. I'm not good enough. And then they went into this overachieving pattern later on to do better, to make everything better, to fix the situation. And this, by the way, is also like a shout out to all parents here. You can make a difference with your children now, like knowing these things, really going into more recent publications or research of developmental stages of children is so important. If you go back 30, 40 years, it is gruesome what you can find there. It's horrible. Like all these ideas of my kid is screaming at night. I just put it into a different room. It will learn that it just has to be quiet, that it's safe. 
It's horrible. It is horrible. As I said, a child does not have the mental capacity to understand what's going on. What happens? They get so exhausted and this is why they stop crying at some point. They need the safety and it's not a it's not a parenting podcast here. So I don't want to go deeper into that. But this is why we have high achievers, for example, who achieve more and more, but not because of the joy of it, but because they are trying to soothe the feeling of not being enough, of not being good enough, of not being worthy now in their adult life. And it can lead to burnout. It can lead to yeah neglecting their own families. It can, yeah, it can lead to all kinds of unhappiness and dissatisfaction in your own life. It's not just for other people, it's for yourself. Do everyone a favor and let's change the way how we parent, but also let's change the way how we parent ourselves. And with that, I want to go into the last point, which is what can you do? Because some people think, oh my God, this resonated so much. This is how I grew up and I had narcissistic parents. I had abusive parents. I had alcoholic parents. My parents, you know, like emotions were not allowed. I had to just shut up. Like most of us will find ourselves somehow somewhere in there. And then one thing could like what happens is usually that people say, oh, it's not such a big problem. Yeah, let's talk again in two, three, four years because it is a big problem, but you're just good at the moment to suppress it. But these shadows, these ghosts will haunt you at some point, especially when you start doing, yeah, when you want to change things in your life, then they will haunt you even more. And the second thing is that you feel doomed, that you think, I cannot change anything. Like, this is what happened to me. I cannot change this anymore. I cannot fix this. So... I'm doomed. That's It's a done deal. And that is not true. You can change anything and everything now. Like this is what happened to you. It was not your fault. And how you deal with it now, this is your power. And this is actually your responsibility. You will not be able or you can, but it will not make you happy. Outsource again responsibility to how you grew up because now you can do different and you can be different and you you can change these things now. One modality that I work through with my clients always is what you already heard in the previous episodes, to work with your mind, to work with your intentions, with affirmations, with a mental diet. Because all these things that I mentioned, like this feeling of or this this thought of I'm not good enough, these are beliefs. And beliefs are ingrained in your subconscious from your childhood on, as I already described, and a belief is basically a thought repeated often enough so that it becomes a belief. Nothing more, nothing less. So how do you create new beliefs? You repeat new beliefs, you repeat new thoughts again and again and again until they become a belief. You do not have to believe it in the beginning, of course, otherwise it would be your belief already. So in the beginning it would just be to, for example, write down affirmations, I am enough, I am good enough, I am worthy in the morning, several times throughout the day. And if writing is not your thing, and obviously there are so many different modalities how to do that, but we would have to go deeper in one-to-one -to, -one to see what your modality would be. You can do this in writing, as I said. What is very important is a clean mental diet. And that means whenever you pick up on a thought of, oh my God, I'm not good enough. And it can show up in so many different ways. Perhaps I make a different podcast episode to give you some examples how this deep-rooted fear or belief of I'm not good enough 
very often doesn't even show up as like, I'm not good enough. It can show up in so many different ways. It could show up, for example, when you look at other people and say, oh, of course, this person is going to get this client or this person always gets whatever can show up in, in TV or something, but I never get asked. Or with your partner, with friends, like it can show up in such subtle ways, but the deep underlying foundational belief is I'm not good enough. And as I said, I will perhaps record a podcast episode for you to give you more examples to figure out like, wow, how are my thoughts actually creating my reality? What are examples for this belief that I would have never connected to a feeling of not good enough? So we leave it with that for now. So you would just go throughout the day and whenever something shows up where you think I'm not good enough or I'm not going to get this client, I'm not going to get this opportunity, someone else is better than me, then you go and just say to yourself, even like out loud or not out loud, it does not matter, I am good enough. I'm worthy of this. I am enough. And you keep repeating that throughout the day. And perhaps if you have never done these things, it might be super strange doesn't matter you don't have to tell anyone just do it and the thing is once you get to a tipping point where you repeat these new thoughts these new affirmations more often than the old ones you like your brain will go into like it will be saturated with the new thoughts and it will become a belief it will become a new belief and you will start seeing your reality shift around to mirror back situations to you where this deep inner belief or this deep inner sense of worth will be mirrored back to you. And it will not come in a way of, oh my God, I have to work harder. I have to make more money. Oh my God, I have to achieve more. So this will be a thing of the past and you will be able to relax more. You will find new opportunities that help you to make more money with less work. Things will show up in your life that will make everything easier and you will start feeling this deep inner sense of calmness, a deep sense of inner peace, a deep sense of just satisfaction with what is happening. And once you start feeling these things, just in the moment, without any need from the outside of someone validating you, someone telling you, oh, wow, you're amazing. Oh, wow, you did this so well. You're an amazing, whatever your business is, person who does X, Y, Z. You will not need that anymore. It will be nice to receive it. However, you will feel validated and enough just by being, just by walking around, so to say. It is one of the biggest breakthroughs you can make in your life and everything will get easier. Business will get easier, more joyful. As I said, you will be open to new opportunities that you are cut off from now. Things will happen in your life that are almost like magic and only because you shifted from a feeling of I'm not worthy to a feeling of I'm worthy. So this would be something I would start with. You can obviously do more. You can do inner child work. You can work with these parts of yourself that feel neglected, that feel not worthy, not good enough, abandoned, rejected. There are modalities how to do that and you can easily incorporate this into your life. You don't have to book fancy sessions every time. You can learn how to do that by yourself. And of course, yeah, having a coach on your side is always extremely beneficial. However, you don't have to do crazy things throughout the day. Like These things that I do and I just recommended to you, they can take like 10 minutes a day or five minutes. And then it becomes something like something normal that you do on the go. 
you will start recognizing your limiting beliefs on the go and replacing them on the go. And you don't need any fancy action for that anymore. It happens in the moment. Yeah, let me quickly summarize. What did we speak about today? Basically, what did I speak about today? The connection between self-worth and achievement and the issue that this is for high achievers and why this is a problem, why you should change that if you want a more joyful and happier and more relaxed life and more success and all of that. And then I gave you three examples where this can come from in your childhood. And as I said, I know all the stories, all the childhood stories from my clients. There are similarities in there and they are all unique at the same time. So I could you give you so many stories of childhood experiences that, that made my clients into these high achievers who now learned how to self-source their worth and not use their achievements for that anymore, which creates so much freedom. And the last point was, yeah, the mental diet, the techniques you can use to shift into a state of deep inner self-worth. If you have questions, as per usual, you can reach out to me. You can book my one-to-one -one high level mentoring and you can reach me via the links in my show notes. Did you like this podcast episode? Then please share it with people who you know could benefit from it. Also, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It would mean such a lot to me. If you want to stay connected with me, Please join my Telegram channel for daily mini reminders around mindset, business growth, investing and living life to the fullest. Or message me directly on Instagram or LinkedIn. You will find all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and until the next episode. Much love, Lydia.